0: Hi Lauren and welcome to the NDA PMU podcast. First of all, before we launch into today's topic, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you work, all the usual stuff.
1: Yeah, sure. Hi, I'm Lauren. I'm a campaign executive at Million Ads, and I'm living in London actually, but I'm here to talk about the toxic diet culture today because it is something that I hope it holds close to my heart. So I'm excited to discuss it with you today.
0: But well, do you know what? I am excited to discuss it because I think I've been on more toxic diets than the hot dinners I have not had as a result <laughs> of said toxic diets. So today's podcast is, what is toxic diet culture? And the first thing I'd really like to know is, what does that look like in today's society? What is it that is toxic diet culture?
1: So first of all, let's start off by saying what is diet culture? So diet culture is a set of beliefs that values thinness, appearance, shape, over health and well-being. And it's become a way that we live. It's the way, it's everything we experience. It's every, It's around us every day. And we're exposed to it by the media, just in general, every day. So Dr. Joshua Woolridge actually summarized it nicely by saying that well well, he summarized it well by saying diet culture has a habit of normalizing eating disorder habits and behaviors and it's interesting because we have seen diet culture evolve over over the years we've seen it in America's Next Top Model where women women were actually starving themselves to get onto the runway to be models and then we also have Weight Watchers where individuals were being being weighed weekly and being praised by how much weight was coming off the scales and then eating a diet where it was points based. Like it's just crazy to think about how you're labeling so many foods as bad, like good and bad. And then finally as well, growing up in a generation where Barbie dolls were, were, we were playing with Barbie dolls who have five gaps, six packs and unrealistic body shapes but they're all advocating the same belief that thin equals healthy and fat equals unhealthy, and that's just not the case. Because I did find that over a hundred, there are actually under, over hundred different factors which contribute to the, um, a person's weight. That might be health condition, underlying health conditions like thyroid um, health problems, diabetes, genetics, but also poverty. Yet we're still believe we're still yet to believe that that is the way forward. Fin equals the way forward.
0: It is amazing, isn't it? And I I, I find this because yeah, clearly I, I as I just said, I've been on umpteen in diets, and I could tell you the points value of something, the sins numbers of something, the macros of something, the low GI, high GI. I mean, seriously, I should get a job in this. Apparently, there's a lot of money in it, um, but. I have two two children, two boys. And, you know, they they look at me, one of them's into bodybuilding. The other one is just, he's huge, he's six foot two, and he's still only a little teenager. Um, and they're perpetually worried about their weight. We categorize this as a woman thing, but no, they're perpetually concerned about their weight. They, and I, I think, I, whether it's my influence or society's influence, the way we look at food is we don't look at it like food like fuel we don't even know we can have over ironically over the dinner table we have age-long debates over whether a food is good or bad for you over whether it's a natural food or an unnatural food what a calorie means it's nuts absolutely bonkers did you see um in the papers i think it was yesterday victoria beckham saying that curvy is in yeah, that is ironic. <laughs> not give you whiplash. I'm like, <laughs> oh my goodness! I mean, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, in terms of what you think, I mean, for a start, you've put in, the, in in this sort of this this podcast title "toxic." So clearly, we're not talking about weight management here, are we? We're talking about something that's destructive.
1: Exactly, something that's harmful and unpleasant to someone. And like you mentioned before about the diet industry having such a huge role and impact on all the industries and on our culture. Well, I did see that actually the UK, the diet industry is worth around two billion pound a year. So that's a crazy amount. And that's for anyone wondering, that is books, supplements, gym memberships, magazines, which also plaster unrealistic body types on the front pages. And so it is no doubt that 55% of adults
0: are trying to lose weight each year. It is. An, I mean, how do, how do we get off this treadmill? The irony again, how do we get off the treadmill? We're like hamsters, <laughs> constantly trying to be thin, skinny hamsters. Exactly. And that's just where really
1: I found that social media, it is evident see that with the rise of social media, with the rise of this, it's just social media is actually having a massive impact
0: on us not being able to, like you said, get off this treadmill.
1: Mm.
0: I mean, it's interesting, actually, as you know, I wouldn't say I was enormous, but I am certainly not svelte. You don't want to park my car next very tight up against the next one. Put it that way. I don't want to be squeezing (laughs) past anything. I'm built for comfort, (laughs) not for speed. But um, I have to admit, increasingly, I mean, social media can, and it has a very destructive impact, I believe, on teenage girls in particular, um, teenagers' mindsets. But I have noticed a trend on social media ads, you know, the Instagram ads, et cetera, towards using, I want, isn't that interesting? I wanted just to say then larger models. They're actually normal people, but I'm so used to seeing such unbelievably thin people in ads that my mind automatically goes to larger. I'd, I'd bet you dollars to donuts, These people are smaller than me, and I'm calling them larger in ads. Do you think we can break this cycle? So,
1: yes, I do feel like we can break this cycle. Like I know that there are brands which are doing more to help the situation. Like in back in 2019, Nike brought out a plus size mannequins and plus size collection. And that really, I mean, it did have an uproar people were confused about but it's because they're breaking that ice not many brands are doing it so if we are able to get brands on side to do more things like that like asos i remember seeing it was i think it's been going on for a while to be fair they've started having plus size and just normal size models because if you remember like just in general clothing brands never used to you'd go into look in a magazine and they'd all be the same skinny size you can't you can't relate there's so many different body shapes you can't relate to you don't know what that outfit's going to look like on you if they are all the same size so I yeah I think that just more brands having that
0: oomph to get out there and do that you're absolutely right aren't you you just said something really important there which is that you see all the people with the skinny sizes and by the way, I don't want to. I don't want anyone listening who is slender to go. Don't don't demonise me just because I'm naturally slim. That's that's not what we're talking about. And people can be equally um, on the on the receiving end of unrealistic expectations when they're incredibly slender and things don't look right and they don't see people like them in the media. But it is more endemic, I think, for, for people who are of normal to large size. Um, but what you said there was that you see skinny people in very skinny looking clothes. And, you know, you can go into a shop and buy the size 14, 16, 18 even. But just because you can put it on doesn't mean it's going to look any good. <laughs> exactly.
1: It will look completely
0: different. See, that's why you do need to have those varieties. Yeah. Spices. And, you know, there's. I imagine that the comeback is, well, you know, and we were talking about high street. We're talking about mass market, not necessarily fast fashion, but but the mass market. We're not talking about couture or or even just high end customizable clothing. Um, so you know, you can imagine brands are going to come back and go, "Well, we have to make for the generic average, dudes." The generic average is sixteen. You know, exactly. it's going to design for the generic <laughs> average. Just, make sure you're doing it right. Make, but don't make my ass look stupid.
1: <laughs> exactly. But I do think as well as brands, it is also influencers that do need to be taking this on board as well. Like when I mentioned social media before, we have, I don't know if you saw in the um, news earlier this week, this month, that Kim Kardashian, for example,
0: losing 16 pounds in three weeks to fit into a Metcalf. Oh, yeah, that was bonkers. And then, of Absolutely course, the uh, the, uh, the curators went all, all the curators, fashion curators in the world, went. You let someone put on the dress? I don't care. I just what's the she- Same thing. I was so that was such a monumental, like, such a
1: amazing dress. I feel like it's just crazy that she proudly admitted that, to setting such a bad example to. She has about three hundred million
0: followers. To all of those people online. I know. And it's, it's, I mean, we've all, I say we've all done it. I don't know if you've done it, but you know, a wedding comes up, my own wedding, that was entirely unsuccessful. You'll be pleased to know, but just, you know, there's just an event. And what I love are the responses to, there was a supplement ad a good while ago now that said, get Body ready. And it was obviously, you know, promoting take lots of supplements, don't eat anything, your hair will fall out, you'll feel like crap, you won't be able to think, but at least you won't have seven rolls when you sit up on the beach. And what I loved was the backlash to that. It wasn't just, I mean, the ASA banned it. Yeah, exactly. But, but it wasn't just the, the officials coming out and going, this is a bad message. What it was, was lots of people with, a, with an audience, people with a voice, Turning up going taking pictures, very honest pictures of themselves on their own feeds, and going, I have a beach, I have a body, I'm ready. And exactly. I love that. That's what it should be. Why the hell is a donut stopping us going to the beach? Exactly. And I feel like there are
1: advantages of social media. And like you said, like there are quite a few more influencers doing that nowadays, which is such a good good thing because they are having that showing that example despite the cons of social media. And also they're using their, their, like you said, their platform to be able to do this. There was also, I saw, I again, I know that you would have seen it, the Tilly Ramsey. Um I've seen that one. What was that one? No, okay. So Tilly Ramsey is actually uh, so Gordon Ramsey's daughter and she was on Strictly Come Dancing. And there was an LBC, um, I think it was Steve Allen, an LBC host who was online um, off- yeah, on the radio, and mentioned that um, she he said something like she's a chubby little thing. Okay, and nineteen year old, nineteen <laughs> year old, just that's still a teenager trying not to doing something she enjoys. Yet she was slammed
0: by a grown man well I'd and, be pissed off if a grown man told me that I was a chubby little thing when I walked into a studio and I'm 48 years old and big enough, exactly, ugly enough to look after myself <laughs> exactly but Tilly
1: and Tilly um, went to social media and used her platform to write her response to that and that just gave, gave everyone that sense that it was, just, it was basically just yeah like her platform she was showing to people yeah. that obviously it was not okay and we just need more of that
0: Yeah. I mean, do you do you think that tide is turning now? Do you think you are you feeling any more positive about it? I feel like I'm I feel that
1: the tide is turning, but there is still a lot more to be done. Yeah. Yeah. With brands, with influencers, but with with the fads, the quick fads that are about. I do know that people are still following them. We just need more information and more studies to be.
0: Yeah. I mean I think, I think the the message really has to be that you know if you feel unhealthy if you if or if you are unhealthy and a health professional has told you you're not doing yourselves any favours I mean that's a whole other kettle of very fatty fish but um in general the ability to accept ourselves and having brands that will you know it it makes I think it makes me sound a bit like accepting ourselves is second best and we're just going to have to look a little shoddier than the perfect skinny people. But that's not true. There is an acceptance there. But also brands step up. You say you're clever. You're not clever in dressing a mannequin or a flesh and blood version thereof. Where you really show us your chops is making me look bloody stunning in the milk aisle. Rather than looking like I've just shuffled out of a bag, which is what I usually look like, <laughs> no, I, I
1: doubt that is the case. No, exactly. So I, I feel like it is just having that that perception to make sure that you are um, having that idea.
0: Yeah. Well, it has been fascinating chatting to you, Lauren. I. I it's one of those really uplifting conversations that I can go away and go, I feel so much better for speaking to her. Um, so this is always great. And I think our listeners, I am sure, feel the same way. Um, and I'm sure they're going to go off and grab themselves a nice cup of tea. And if, they're, that, if they're feeling without. a little bit hungry and uh, it's a good time to eat something, they shall eat something without feeling guilty. There'll be no fear or favor. A minute on the lips is not a lifetime time on the hips. It's just quite a nice five minutes. Um Lauren, thank, thank you exactly. so very much for chatting to us.
1: No, thank you for having me. Have a lovely day. Later. Okay, bye. Bye.